Well, praise the Lord and welcome to the Bible study. This Friday morning, I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson. This is Cross Time with Pastor Curtis, and we're studying the book of 2 Timothy. Nearing the end of it today, we'll begin chapter 4, and uh, this is a letter from the great apostle Paul to Timothy uh, in his last few days on this earth from a jail cell. And we'll be discussing a little bit of that today. Glad you're with us. Glad you're tuned in. Whenever it might be you've tuned in. And uh, we're just praying for all those who have been without electricity and maybe still are here in uh, Texas, the big snowstorm of the century, I guess. And uh, uh, we've never seen this much snow in my almost 60 years of being on the planet. We've been home since uh, uh, Sunday. Uh, afternoon after church and uh, we've had a great time Robin and I together at home and just uh, piddling around and doing what we do and and uh, I mean uh, we're just praising the Lord for being safe and warm and the electricity here never went off praise God so we're thankful for that but we're praying for all of you who have had to make other uncomfortable arrangements and all of this and uh, we're just praying that uh, uh, that temperature is going to climb back up today, and the sun's beautiful outside, uh, but it doesn't matter what the sun's doing. Uh, if that temperature doesn't rise and the snow's going to stay here and keep looking pretty, I guess. So praise the Lord for what the Lord's doing. He's the one that makes it rain and snow and all that, that he does for his own good purposes, and we praise the Lord for everything he's doing. Uh, again, today is uh, the day that we began, 2 Timothy chapter 4. This is session 1 here on this 19th day of February in 2021. And uh, we have had a marvelous time in these great letters that Paul wrote to Timothy. And in, these la in this last chapter, I, I really pray that God would make it special to us all because it was the great apostle Paul writing this letter, the one and the only one that the Lord gave the revelation of the cross of Jesus Christ and what really happened on the cross uh, concerning the sin nature and the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus and so many other wonderful things that we read about in the book of Romans and uh, I'm telling you, he, th th this was a, a man greatly used of God to get you and me the Word of God. And I was thinking yesterday of, of Timothy and maybe uh, the reason the Lord had Paul to write to Timothy. Well, number one, he didn't have hardly anybody else to write to. And he tells Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15 that he says, You know all those in Asia have turned away from me. And uh, so maybe he didn't have anybody to write to except Timothy. But I believe the Lord also knew that through Timothy, this letter, these letters would reach far beyond just where Timothy was and the church there in Ephesus. And I believe that all those who will take God's word personally for them uh, and I mean in an active, functioning way. It's those that will have ears to hear what the Lord would say to them through what he gave Paul to give Timothy to give the church in Ephesus and everyone else, even all the way up to this day, to have ears to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying and, uh, and to allow him to move us forward and function in the purpose and the will of God, that the blessing of the Lord will be found there. And I'm, I just, you know, I have to think, uh, I was thinking about it yesterday that, that because Paul wrote these letters to Timothy and uh, just as the other letters he wrote to other folks, other churches and pastors, that, that, that we have these letters today as the Word of God. Not just a man, but the Word of God who can rearrange and structure and bring great form to your life through the words that God gave the Apostle Paul. And I hope that you'd take uh, the seriousness of the matter of, of accepting God's word, not just saying, well, that's a good session, that's a good broadcast, that was a good worship service. But I pray that we would walk in a place where every day we would say, 
what would you say to me, Lord? What would you do in me and through me today? It's a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I know most of the church uses that phrase to get people away from them when they're trying to talk to them about the Lord. Well, I have my own personal relationship with Christ. Well, anyone who does, the fruit of that will be seen. Amen. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, and I do believe the Lord will impart to our hearts today that which is needed, that which is needed to move us. Now, I'm going to say that again. When God gives us that, let me say it a better way, when faith comes, faith moves us or faith has not come. When faith comes, and it does come, when we hear God's word, and I don't mean with these, I mean when we accept it personally, we believe it personally, just as Noah did, moved by faith, moved with fear, built the ark. When faith comes, faith moves us. If we're not being moved in a direction to carry out God's purpose and God's will, faith has not come. So we need to remember that. When faith comes, faith comes to move me deeper. Faith comes to advance me in the truth. I want you to know that. Faith, faith doesn't come to say you're doing good. Faith doesn't come to make me feel good about myself. Faith comes by hearing the word of God to move me forward in the things of God. Because there and only there can the name of Christ be magnified and God be glorified. I want you to know that. When faith comes, you'll know when faith comes because faith will have moved you based on what you've allowed God to say to you and you believed it. Believing the word of God moves you. If we're not being moved, we may have all the right words to say, but we're not believing the word. If the word of God by faith is not moving us, we're not, we're not believing it. We need to remember that. There are many today who sit and have heard thousands of messages thousands of messages. On social media every week, they, they, they hear thousands of different phrases, spiritual phrases, but nothing's changed. They're not advancing. They're not moving forward. They're trapped in this place. And it's because faith is not coming. They hear, but they hear not. They see, but they see not. When faith comes, faith moves us. Never forget that. And I know these words can be very convicting, but that's what we should be feeling if we haven't been moving. We should be being convicted. The Apostle Paul writes this letter, his last letter, from a prison cell at the end of his life. And he shares that in this last portion of this letter. He tells Timothy, I charge you. That means I command you. That's, that the word charge means I command you, Timothy. Now you, have, you think about this. Timothy recognized the calling, not like we say we recognize our pastor's calling. Timothy recognized the calling on the apostle Paul's life and followed him, I believe, to the degree that he would be maybe possibly the only one Paul could write to from that prison cell, possibly. Think about that. How many people today are following their pastor whenever everybody else is turning away? How many people today, how many people today don't even have a pastor? How many people today think they have 10 pastors? <laughs> There's all kind of things that go on in the church today. And somebody needs to hear this today, but you need to get planted. Whether you're physically planted there or not, you need to quit running in circles and get somewhere and get planted. Wherever the Lord plants you, there you will flourish. There you will grow and there he will be glorified. You need to get planted. Amen. God hadn't called us to be planted in 10, 12 different things. 
He's called us to be planted in the house of the Lord, Psalms 92. Now, I know, now I know this last day's church, we've been reading about it. We're going to read about it a little more. We've got a Bible. We can learn sound, unmovable doctrine that will move us forward in the things of God, or we can just keep Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be. If God's going to do something, no. We need to get in the Word, let faith come and faith move us. Amen. I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick, the living, and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. What's he charging, Timothy? Preach the Word. Preach the Word. I charge you, preach the Word. Now, he, he adds this in between. I charge you and preach the word and the direction given in chapter 2. He throws that in between the charge and what he's charging. He throws a coming judgment in for the purpose of causing us to have a in the front of our minds, not just everything that's in the warehouse and everything you've ever smelt, touched, heard, uh, all your senses, anything you've ever experienced is stored up in that warehouse, but God's calling us to live with that coming judgment right here in the forefront of our minds. I'm charging you, Timothy, Paul says, because the judgment's coming soon. Watch, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the quick, the living, and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. He's going to judge everybody. Preach the word. Preach the word. I'm charging you, I'm commanding you, Timothy. And listen, anybody else who has ears to hear today because this letter was not just to Timothy, not just to the church in Ephesus, but it's to you if you'll receive it to you and allow faith to come and move you into the things of God that he has for you. But he says, preach the word. That's what the charge is, preach the word. And, he, and, and, and we should, boy, we need to get back to that. We, we've got all kind of preachers preaching all kind of stuff. Uh, and, and, and you know their main thrust is this or that. I'm not going to call out names or anything this morning, but their main thrust, I've, I've, I've shared with our folks for years, you'll know what's in a preacher's heart abounding in his heart, what, he, what his mind is stayed on most, what his heart is full of, by what he always mentions in all of his messages. If it's money, it's money. If it's history, if it's politics, if it's, if it's whatever it is, it's always going to be coming out. Always going to be coming out. You can pay attention. You can, any preacher, if you listen to them long enough, it's, it's something that's always going to be coming out, whatever their heart is full of. And, and Paul here charges Timothy... Preach the word. Declare the word. Don't, don't, and don't, you know, what we, what we see happening today is a lot of preachers uh, getting hung up and entangled in all the affairs of this life and then just adding a scripture or two here. No, 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 my friend. We're to preach, declare the word of God. And if we need to, we use things going on out there. We, we use things going on to confirm what God is saying, what God is doing what God said would be happening. We don't, we don't focus on 90% of the other stuff and then throw a scripture in every once in a while. No, we preach the word. And if anything's out there uh, we could use, the Holy Spirit stir, stir our hearts to use to confirm and enlarge the picture of, of what we're seeing in God's word, so be it, but not the other way around. And I'm afraid that's what's happened uh, over the last many years. Uh, so we, we need to get back to preaching the word. We have to be very careful that we don't preach ourselves, that we don't preach our ministries all in the name of testimony. It's okay to give testimony. It's absolutely wonderful, but we need to preach the word. Preach the word. It has the preeminence for all ministry is declaring the word of the Lord. Not saying to declare the word of the Lord, but to declare the word of the Lord. And he throws this in about the coming judgment to hopefully be an encouragement and I believe a warning that these, this coming judgment needs to stay in the forefront of our mind. 
We all are going to appear, God's people, at the judgment seat of Christ. We're all going to give an account of what we did with this great salvation that we've been given. And, and the charge is not just to Timothy, but to every Christian. Because here uh, he may have been talking to a pastor, an apostle, or whatever Timothy was, uh, or many things he was there in Ephesus. Uh, but the word preach just simply means to declare. You can work in a factory and at break time declare the word. Uh, you're simply uh, publishing and declaring, speaking the word of God, the truth. You, you don't have to be in a pulpit somewhere to be a preacher, which simply means to share, declare the word of God. But he says, to, and these are words from the Lord through Paul, not just to Timothy or the church in Ephesus, but to anybody who can have ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to them. To say that's not true means you could do that what you're thinking. Well, it's not, what, it's not really to me, for me. That was to Timothy. That's to pastors. Well, if that's the case, you're probably going to end up doing that with the rest of the Bible. No, the word of the Lord is for the people of the Lord. All the word of the Lord is for all of the people of the Lord, no matter what it's about. Even if it's instructions about the requirements to be pastors or deacons, those are requirements that every Christian should be striving through faith in the gospel to have the fruit of in their lives. Get that. You may not be striving to be a deacon or you may not have the call to be a pastor, but the fruit of those things... The fruit of those things should be the Christian's desire to... Every Christian should have the fruit of being a deacon. Every Christian should have the fruit of, of what pastors have the fruit of. It, 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 it's, it's things that we, we reach for through faith in Christ and what he's done for us at Calvary. Uh, though, it, you know, you can't just throw it out because you're not a pastor. It's still the word of the Lord and it can benefit you greatly. So we need to be careful. This charge, I gotta, I, I gotta read this to you. This charge is before God and the Lord Jesus Christ. It tells us that in verse 1. Which means it's from the Lord to Paul to Timothy and those in Ephesus and us. It means it's, it's from the Lord and it also means the Lord is watching to see who will receive it and to see what they will do with it. Do, do you understand that? Watch. I charge you therefore before God, in the presence of God, God has me doing this. God is watching to see what you will do with it. Come on now. And the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. It's almost as if the Lord is trying to get us to see that we have a command to share the gospel. And we're going to answer for what we did and didn't do with the gospel at the judgment. So therefore, preach the word. Preach the word. Hallelujah. The Christian is charged to preach the word with the realization. And I believe that's what's going on here. The Lord wants us to, to know and not to push out that thought of a coming judgment because the, the, the less we think of a judgment that's coming, the, I believe the less active we're going to be in the things God has called us to be active in. The, the less and less of the good works, Ephesians 2.10, that we've been ordained to walk in, are we going to be found walking it less and less. Now again, Paul writes this letter to Timothy at the end of his life, at the end of his ministry, and it seems like at the end of your life, after many years of ministry, your ministry should be abounding and huge. But that's not going to be the case let me speak specifically to those ministers who watch us and follow us who've been called back to this place of determination as Paul walked to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. It's never going to be that which is most popular, that which is outwardly exploding, that which gives you a name, that which makes you popular, that which provides the riches of this world. It's always going to be the way of the cross. It's going to have a, just a, a horrible appearance from the outside most of the time. 
the, the, the beautifulness of it is the holiness that comes in the presence in the eyes of the Lord from staying the way of righteousness, the way of the cross. It's, it's, it's like Cain and Abel. I mean, you've heard it said before, Abel brought that which was horrible to looking to man but beautiful to God. Cain brought that and offered that which was uh, beautiful to him but gross and objectable to God. And it's always been that way. It'll always be that way. Jesus came to offer himself for the sins of humanity and we just, uh, just uh, esteemed him stricken of God. Think about it. The way of the cross, just keep preaching the word. And we're going to see why the, the charge is given by the Holy Spirit through Paul to Timothy and to all those who will trust in the Word of God today. Preach the Word. Be instant in season. And that means be ready. Be ready. You and I are to look for open doors everywhere we go. You know those people. You, you know those people. They're, they're, they're not trying to avoid an opportunity to minister. They're looking for that open door to minister. And they find that the doors are far more obvious than they've noticed before if they're growing in the truth. A lot of times we don't recognize the opportunity that we have because we're not mature enough. A lot of times we're waiting on certain things to be just right so that we can call it a door of opportunity. I mean, I mean I, it's, it, it's as simple as this lady recently was talking to me and asked me, well, did I have a day off? And I said, no, I, I, I did a broadcast this morning on uh, uh, oh, the book of Hebrews and, and I, I, began to, I just began to explain what I taught. I didn't wait to... For her to ask me, uh, well, what'd you teach about? No, she asked me, was I off? I said, no, I'm not off. I did a broadcast just a moments ago, and on Hebrews chapter whatever, and begin to expound on it, and it got very quiet in there, you know. But if you're sitting around waiting on somebody to walk up and just say, tell me about Jesus, my Lord, that may never happen. If you're just waiting on somebody to come up and hit you in the head and say, uh, you know, I mean, make the door obvious. No, the doors, the doors are there for those who are looking for the doors. I guarantee you that. The doors are there for those who are looking to carry the gospel through those doors. They're there. We just need to wake up and realize that we need to be, we need to be instant. That means ready in season. I'm not talking about obnoxious. Now, there are a lot of people uh, going around claiming don't nobody want to hear the gospel that they have to offer, but it ain't really the gospel they don't want to hear. Sometimes it's them they don't want to hear and the way they present it and, and the way they'll just try to take over a room and loudness. And, and really, unfortunately, it's people just wanting people to hear them and look at them. And, but it's the gospel. And there is a, a level of wisdom that we operate in, but, but we do have open doors at all times. Look at social media. For those who have Facebook, how many Christians have Facebook? And how many out of all those Christians, true born-again Christians who have Facebook are sharing the gospel on Facebook? It's an open door. We have cameras. I, we have little cameras that sit on a little a book and, 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 and record and, and publish live and, and, and I mean the opportunities are there the opportunities are there and uh, we need to be ready in season and out of season that means when somebody asks me uh, to do could, could I come and share could I do this could I do that I'm ready out of season in season I'm ready for it I out of season, well, I wasn't really ready, but yeah, I'll, I, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. You know, people say, could you pray for me? Well, no, no, I, I don't, I don't, no, no. 
<coughs> uh, could you get up and share a few words for us? Well, no, no, I, 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 no uh, we need to be ready. And I know this is convicting, and, and it's things like this right here that'll make a, a Christian turn that preacher off and go find one that would never meddle. It's not called meddling by me. It's meddling when we, it's the Word of God telling us to be ready in season and out of season. Ready for what? To preach the word for reproof, rebuke, exhort, which means comfort with all long suffering and doctrine. That means to be patient, just to keep plowing the ground. People have said about me things, to me things, uh, done things to me, uh, but we just keep plowing the ground because if you, you know, we have to be patient. We have to be long-suffering. We, we have to just keep understanding that they may be mad today, but tomorrow's coming, and they may uh, come back to the, the way of righteousness so that God can pour that oil of gladness on them again. So we just keep plowing the ground. They, we, people, they don't understand a lot of things, and none of us understand everything. But we just keep plowing the ground. If we're going to stop when we get our feelings hurt, we, the, the devil knows that. And he's going to cause things to happen and we get our feelings hurt to where we finally just quit. If there's quit in you, my friend, you're going to quit. If quit's in you, you're going to quit. But if you just keep looking unto Jesus, keep sharing the word, and, and, and whether it's in season or out of season, then, then and if you're using the word of God to reprove, to rebuke, and to comfort with all long suffering and doctrine, that means teaching teaching, 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 then, then you're, you're going to be rebuked yourself. You're going to be uh, talked about negatively. Uh, you just, again, let me bring it into the teaching this morning. Paul, at the end of his life and ministry, did not have a big blowout. He had a massive effect to such a degree that we have the New Covenant writings today, which he wrote by the unction of the Holy Spirit, three quarters or more of what we have, given all the details and structures for the church to be able to function, even the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the, the, the positions within the church, and all sorts of information and guidelines that the Holy Spirit gave the Apostle Paul. But at the end of his life, he's telling Timothy, all those in Asia have turned away from me. And, and he calls even some names and and you need to understand this way of the cross, and I have to say it, you better understand it, my friend. This way of the cross is not you running a race and people on the sideline applauding you. This you running the race and the people that ain't running throwing rocks at you for running because they've quit or they've stopped or they refuse to go the way of righteousness. And when folks are going the way of righteousness and others refuse to, they can't do nothing but throw rocks at you. So you just keep running the race. You just keep preaching and you keep using God's word to reprove and to rebuke, and people are going to get their feelings hurt. That's part of what Paul is about to mention here when he talks about a people uh, not enduring sound doctrine anymore. They'll just go find them a preacher to scratch their fleshly itches. That's what the church is today. I'm sorry. That's what the church is, and I'm talking about 90% or higher of the church. You got white folk won't listen to nobody that ain't white, and, and the same for all the other four colors. You got rich folk that won't listen to nobody that ain't rich. You got folks that wear Wranglers that won't listen to no preacher that ain't wearing Wranglers. You got all kind of mess in the church today where we're not looking for the truth of the cross, the way of righteousness being ministered from the pulpit. We're not looking for reproof and rebuke. We're looking for what makes me feel good about myself, the where I can fit in where people are like me according to the outward appearance. And that's where the church is today. They're not looking for sound doctrine. Even most of those that claim they are don't know what it is. But we're going to talk about that in this lesson today. And I just praise God for the opportunity to be one of those. And it doesn't make us better than anybody on the planet, but it does mean that we're better able to glorify our faithful Heavenly Father and our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, through faith to the point of activity 
in God's word. Faith, and I have to get back to this, faith in God's word simply means I believe it and I'm being moved by the Spirit in what I'm believing. He, he guides me into all truth. That means he leads me into all truth. Thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph <laughs> in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Preach the word, preacher. That doesn't mean with some obnoxious way because the anointing is the truth. It's not in the way I present it. I'm a, I'm a dramatic type guy, move my hands a lot, squirm around a lot. And, and, uh, but, but listen, there's no anointing in it. The truth is the anointing. And there is no anointing if the truth is not what's being presented. That's how, that's how far wayward the church is today. You can get somebody come in shaking all over, shaking a handkerchief, and they'll call that the anointing, and folks will flop over chairs and start turning flips, and they'll call that the anointing, but their Bibles the whole time says the anointing is the truth. The anointing is the truth. And see, sound doctrine means I'm sound and I'm sticking with what God's Word says no matter what that guy comes along and tells me and how he milks it down and changes everything. I'm sticking with God's Word. Now we're giving this charge. You and I are giving this charge. Again, this is not just to Timothy and those in that day. This is to whoever has ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church today. Because now faith is. This is not just written so we can be encouraged by what Paul told Timothy. This is so we can be encouraged by receiving the same words Paul told Timothy into our hearts. Hallelujah. I hope you understand that. If you limit this to what Paul told Timothy and that was for then and there and you don't think it's for here and now, oh, how limited you will limit the God who saved your soul. Hallelujah. Don't limit him. Don't limit him. He sent this word here for his ministers until he comes. He sent this word for all of his people because we're all ministers of reconciliation. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So watch this now in verse 3. He tells him now, I'm giving you this charge to preach the word. There's a coming judgment. You're going to give an answer for what you did with the ministry the Lord gave you. You're going to give an answer. You're going to give an answer for the ministry, what you did with all the blessings God laid before you and your stewardship of your family, of your finances, of your integrity to be a father, a husband, a mother, a wife, a co-worker, a boss over a job, a preacher, a, a deacon, an elder, just a, a church. Attend, you're going to be... You're going to, you're going to stand, we all are going to stand before the Lord and give an account of our stewardship of all things we were given of the Lord to be able to magnify the name of Jesus and glorify our heavenly Father, hallelujah, to bear much fruit for his name, hallelujah. He says the reason he's commanding him to preach the word, to bring the reproof and the rebukes and to exhort with all long-suffering and teaching is because the time will come, this was written 1900 years ago, the time will come, the time is now. The time was then, but the time is even more so now. You see, and this is another, another proof that Paul is telling Timothy, the time will come. Well, here we are. The time has come. If error and false doctrine had already invaded the church when Paul was writing this, 1,900 years ago, where does that leave the church today? And it is an amazing thing for people to hear sessions like this and to think this is all, all certain little messages like this are about everybody else but my church. Because we got it all together. Oh, we're not perfect, but we got it all. We don't have everything all together. Nobody does, but he's not talking about it. 
sound doctrine is that form of doctrine that freed you from sin and made you a servant of righteousness. If what you're hearing in your church is not the scripture tied to the man named Jesus and what he did at Calvary, then you may be hearing what's written in the Bible, but you're not hearing, you're not being pointed to the only avenue through which the Holy Spirit will be able to impart it to you. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of life, works within the perimeters of the new covenant law. Romans chapter 8 verse 2. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death, which proves because He made us free from the law of sin and death through our faith in the death of Christ at Calvary, that's the avenue the Holy Spirit works within, period. And to believe otherwise is to commit spiritual adultery and to be sitting amidst those who are not striving together for the faith of the gospel because they're not hearing the gospel. I know what it's like to come out of a place where the gospel we didn't want to hear the word in the context of the gospel. We wanted to hear the word in the context of us or money or riches or the blessings of the Lord. Anything but the gospel. And that's huge in the church today. If you just talk about Jesus and what he did at Calvary all the time, you're going to lose people because that message doesn't scratch an itching, tingling ear and the fleshly lust that's there in the heart. It won't do any, it'll, it'll crucify that itching ear. It'll put to death that itching ear. But only if I'm trusting in the work of Christ at Calvary. He says, for the time will come when they will not endure they won't keep going. They won't keep trusting in. They won't keep believing. They won't endure sound doctrine. They won't just keep sitting under sound doctrine. And again, you have to know it. Sound doctrine is that form of doctrine that keeps you sound in the presence of God. Sound in the activity, the purpose, the will of God. It keeps you sound. It keeps your mind sound. It keeps your faith sound. It keeps everything about you sound because it's sound doctrine. And it must always be tied, as I've already said, to that form of doctrine that freed you from sin and made you a servant of righteousness which when believed with your heart under righteousness, Romans 10, 10, you were freed with sin. The Bible says in Romans 6, 17, when you obeyed that form of doctrine, you were freed from sin and made, you became a servant of righteousness. That's the message of the cross. That's the gospel. That's that sound doctrine, that form of doctrine. All teachings of Christ must be tied to who he is and what he did at Calvary. If they're not, you can read the Bible all day and see that which I should do and that which I should not do. And I see this and I see that. But the application of truth to the heart is by the spirit of truth to the believing heart who's trusting in what Christ did at Calvary. For the Holy Spirit works within the perimeters of the new law of the new covenant. As we brought out Wednesday evening uh, in the teaching that the ministry of the new covenant is the ministry of righteousness. The ministry of the Holy Spirit is the ministry of righteousness. You can find those in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. The fruit of all biblical faith will have the fruit of righteousness. I'm going to say that one more time. The fruit of any legitimate biblical faith that God will honor will have as, as its fruit the fruit of righteousness. And that means its object 
has to be that of Christ and His cross. Christ and His cross. For only through faith in the cross can God's words of righteousness bring about the fruit as righteousness. You see, all of God's words, Proverbs 8 and 8, are in righteousness. So God's looking for the fruit of what? The fruit of His word. The fruit of a heart that's believing His word. Jesus is the living word. And that living word was tried at Calvary and overcame. Making an over, triumphing, making a show, triumphing over every principality and power. Making an open public shame of the enemy and all of those who were against him. Our sins, the sin nature, all of it. The devil and all the demons, all of it. He triumphed over all of them publicly, making an open shame of them in his cross. Colossians 2, 14 through 16. I hope you understand that. And he's raised from the dead in heaven today, right now, being worshipped as one who has the appearance of a slain lamb. Revelations 5, 6 through 8. Any fruit of faith is the fruit of righteousness because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And when I'm hearing God's word, I have the fruit of righteousness, the fruit of what he said in my life. The fruit of faith is that of righteousness. Righteousness, the faith that we have is the righteousness of faith. The righteousness that comes from the first time we believed in Christ, we were declared righteous and made servants of righteousness. The fruit that I'm hearing God is that I'm on the path of righteousness. He's guiding me on and the fruits of righteousness being bare in my life. What's the fruits of righteousness? The fruit of His righteous words. All his words are in righteousness. Proverbs 8 and 8. I can't quote that enough. That's been paramount for this ministry the Lord has given me. And when faith comes, faith has the fruit of righteousness because it's the fruit of what God has told me that I've believed and I'm walking in. So therefore, it's the fruit of his righteous words. You see how simple it can be said, it can be taught, it can be if we'll just get back to the Word of God and believe the Word of God from the heart because it's with the heart that God stirs us and moves us and we're being, con we're being conformed to the image of Christ from within that hidden man of the inside. <laughs> Hallelujah. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. That's the church. Heard it. Had it. Got it. But I'm not enduring sound doctrine. Sound doctrine. That which is tied to, points to, strives for that form of doctrine that allowed God to call me obedient to his word of righteousness, the word of the cross. Watch now. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers and shall be turned unto fables. And the word fable just simply means that which is only fiction. And you can use God's word as fiction. You can use God's word even as a fable. It's not a fable. It's not fiction. It's truth for the heart that will believe. But you have to endure sound doctrine. Jesus said in John chapter 8 to those Jews who believed upon him, if you continue in my word, then you'll be my disciples. 
and then you'll know the truth, and then the truth will make you free. Think about that. Continuing in His Word. Continuing, enduring in His Word. Not just Bible verses, however I want to use them, but the Word of God, Bible verses that are sound teaching. That which is an anchor, that which is causing me to grow, that which is causing me to preach the gospel in season, out of season. That which will uh, 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 give me the breakthrough. People have told me that they called to preach. 40 years ago, and they claim they've been running from God. Well, more than likely, they weren't really called to preach. I, I don't really, I can't walk in a place where I'll know that, but I can't really fathom being called by God to preach and running from it 40 years because that's a place of misery. Not only are we running from sound doctrine, we're running from the opportunity God has called us to to share that sound doctrine and there's going to be a, a greater price to pay for that at the judgment. Going to be greater loss for that. Allowing fear to rule over my life instead of walking in the place that faith would have allowed me to walk. Because you're not walking in faith and fear at the same time. You're not living by faith telling me that God called you to preach 40 years ago and you've been running from God. No, my friend, that, that's, that's probably the least of your problems today. That's probably the least of your problems. So many people think they're living by faith, but they're not living by faith if their faith is not moving them into their place Christ has called them. They're not living by faith if, if they're running from what God's given them the opportunity to do. Faith comes, faith moves you in the things of the Lord. Faith comes to move you in the direction God has called you to walk in. The time has come, my friends. It's not coming. Perilous times are here worse than ever before. Sound doctrine is not, you, you don't want to, folk don't want to hear sound doctrine today. I know that by where I see all the finances in religion going. The biggest, most beautiful buildings, that's not going to be happening. That's not going to be happening, my friend, where there's a determination, as Paul had, to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. When we realize the money is not going to come and be like we'd like to see it, there's a temptation there to back off a little bit, to start allowing other people to minister that we know they're not going to give us that which is sound. They're not going to point us to Calvary because they don't really have that sanctifying message yet. And I know people ask me sometimes, well, what about before this message came some 24, 25 years ago uh, uh, concerning living by faith in the cross alone? We, the church was in... What happened during the dark ages, my friend? What happened during the dark ages? The main question is, are we going to cling to sound doctrine in these last days or are we going to get weary of it? Because it's not popular and it's not the money maker and it's not, it's not everything that we thought it would be. It's that which whittles us away and we quote the scripture to sound spiritual. Oh, that I might decrease, that he would increase. That is the way of the cross. And we quote it with such meaning. But when the reality of it strikes where we are, there comes the trial. There comes that tingling ear, that, that itch that if we don't repent and allow the Lord to quicken us unto His righteousness, we also, as many today, will be found turning away from His way of righteousness back to a way that can only be self-righteousness if it's not the way of the cross. So keep preaching the cross. 
If you're in a ministry that's preaching the cross, don't grow weary of it and don't sit out there and wish your preacher would start preaching something else because all the other things would only cause that tickle to be scratched and you to end up falling away. The same thing that's happening to him. Bible says they shall turn away their ears from the truth. See, there's a great eye-opening truth with that phrase. Because if it's not truth, it's not sound doctrine. And truth is two things. It's G- Well, it's, it's more than two things. Truth, Jesus declared himself to be truth in John 14 and 6. Jesus declared in John chapter 8 that when you know the truth that you would be made free from your sin. That's what he taught in John chapter 8. In 1 John chapter 5, the Bible tells us that the Spirit is truth. The Spirit of God is truth. We also know that the Word of God is truth. Let's talk about that for a minute. Jesus Christ is truth, but the application of Him being truth at any time for anybody, the application of Jesus Christ being the truth in experience for anybody at any time, God requires faith in what He did at Calvary. The cross, believing that he died for my sins. That's where my faith is. Then I have the experience of being liberated from my sin by the grace of God, that he tasted death for me to be able to have an experience. Think about that. That came through God's word as truth. And it was told to you, even though it might have been a grandmother or somebody on the radio or a co-worker or whatever, it was told to you by the Holy Spirit who is truth. And when you acknowledged from the heart that truth, God showed you His righteousness. Because he that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. God saved us from our own Ways that we had made up that we might please God. We might make it to heaven by doing this or we're not quite as bad as them. And when you, when you believed the spirit of truth's message of truth, which is of Christ who is the truth and what he did at Calvary to become your experience of truth, liberty and freedom from sin and all the grace you'll need if you'll keep trusting him every day, you, you were changed. And you stepped in to sound doctrine, that place where God keeps you. Remember, Peter wrote, we're kept by the power of God through faith. That means through my continuing in His Word. Through faith in the cross of Christ that allows the Holy Spirit working within that new covenant law, Romans 8, 2, to guide me into all truth. Not this and that, all truth. Truth is a man named Jesus and what he did at Calvary. God's word is always pointing to Christ, the living word, and what he did at Calvary. They'll turn their ears away from the truth and shall be turned unto fables, myths, just historical facts. That aren't really meaning anything to them. How many people would sit and hear a session like this today and, and walk away and say, "Well, that was good. I really enjoyed that." But no, no movement, no, no, no reality, no, no seriousness, no conviction. Now, I'm not talking about conviction of sin. I'm just talking about no conviction, no, no, no longing uh, to to be moved by what you have heard in this session today. But he tells Timothy, but you, but you, I hope you can hear the Lord today, my friend, but you, pay attention, you watch in all things. Don't just watch when you go to work. Don't just watch when you go to church. Don't just watch when you turn on. Watch you be watchful in all things. 
so that you can endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Be ready for that open door to share that gospel. Everybody's called, every Christian's called to at least evangelize. It's, it's sort of like the, the gifts God has given the, the body. You, know, you, you may not have the gift of uh, this or that, but you can function at times. I mean, every Christian is an evangelist. Whether they're walking in that five-fold gift of evangelist or not, every one of us have the gift of evangelism because evangelism is simply taking the gospel to those who are in our lives. And he's telling Timothy here, do the work, do the work. I didn't say that again, do the work. Because you got people today, uh, they, 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 they misunderstood the teaching and the preaching of the cross. It's like there's no work. He did it all. He did it all to save you. He did it all to redeem you and to sanctify you and to give you the wisdom. But there is a work, good works that we're ordained to walk in. Ephesians 2.10 It is God working in us because that scripture there tells us we're his workmanship. But if he's allowed to work in us that means there are works we'll be found walking in. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm so glad to know I don't just become a couch potato. I'm so glad to know that I don't just uh, go around saying, well, Jesus did it all. Jesus did it all. He did do it all. He's the first and the last, and anything happening in between, he's got to be involved in it. There's going to be a reward or treasure laid up, but it ain't about just sitting on the couch saying, well, if God's going to do anything, he'll do it, I guess. He's, you know, he's already done it all at Calvary. No, he's done it all for the purpose of redemption, sanctification, righteousness, and wisdom. That's all four of those things mentioned in 1 Corinthians 1.30, those things that he became unto us. He was made unto us through his cross. Those four things, which I believe uh, cover everything. Those four things there you'll read in 1 Corinthians 1 and 30 that Christ was made unto us. But he was made unto us those things so that we could walk in the works of those things. He has become that we don't walk in anything to, to get saved. We don't walk in anything to sanctify ourselves. We walk in that because God has given us the privilege, the honor, and the great responsibility of walking in the finished plan, the finished work of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. He tells Timothy and those today who would have ears to hear, but you watch in all things, endure afflictions, they're coming. Endure afflictions, they're coming. Do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of your ministry. Now, uh, I have something written here I wanted to share. Uh, to, to, to make full proof of your ministry, and that's you, Christian. We're not talking about just preachers who have some pulpit and pastor a church or, or, or whatever. We're talking about all Christians are ministers of reconciliation. We've been reconciled by the blood, and God has committed his word of reconciliation to us. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, you can find it all right there. But to, to, to make full proof of our ministries, it means to be convinced and fully persuaded of the ministry we have received of the Lord until he comes to endure to the end. In sound doctrine, hold fast to those words of sound doctrine until the end. Preach the word, hallelujah. And remember, there's a coming judgment that we're going to give an answer for every occasion that we took and every occasion we walked away from. Be ready. Whether it feels right or it doesn't feel right. In season, out of season. You carry with you the very aroma that's pleasing to God called the knowledge of Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 verses 14 through 16. You carry with you, child of God, the very aroma that is pleasing to God. And that is the knowledge of your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Praise God. It's been a great broadcast today. Thank you for tuning in. Do more than comment. 
in the comment section. Do more than hit the like button. Share these words of truth, words of righteousness on social media for all to hear. Let's don't be ashamed of the gospel. Let's share the gospel and we'll see a move of God like never before in our nation and in the whole, all over the world. Praise the Lord. Don't forget to pray for us. We're praying for you that your endurance in the sound doctrine would remain until he comes for us. Don't forget to sow into the ministry where you're hearing and learning and being encouraged and equipped and gaining Christ through your faith in what he did at Calvary every single day. You can donate at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can type the word give. You can text the word give to the number 903 231-5950. God bless you. We love you. And until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. And we'll see you then.